0: Hi, and welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. Uh, we've got another episode here for you. And tonight we've got our special guest, actually, who is from an event called Bristol Transformed. I'll let him tell you more details about it when he, I introduce him. But for now, it's I'm Seb. Um, got my Twitter handle of PC Socialism if you want to follow me. And Ben. Hi, I don't use Twitter. <laughs> Here's Jamie.
1: All right, I'm uh, at Wizard Cubes.
0: And finally, our guest for this evening is Josh. Hi, Josh. Welcome.
2: Hi, yeah. How's it going? Uh, I'm Josh at JC Nutter on Twitter. Uh, here to talk about Bristol transformed and everything that we do.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Bristol transformed. Um, they also have a Twitter, which is at Briz. So B R I Z transformed. Briz transformed. And you're listening to Podcasting is Praxis, and we are at PraxisCast on Twitter as well. So we're going to talk uh, about Bristol Transformed for uh, quite a lot of this episode, but first we're going to start off with some news. So, Jamie?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the big thing this week uh, has been the flooding. Um, Obviously, it's cheaper to build houses underwater, so that's just what everyone does. and. and now they're all underwater and Boris Johnson doesn't give a fuck because everyone voted for him and he's got five years before he has to give a fuck about them again. So <laughs> I hope you all enjoy being underwater.
0: Really seems like that is his attitude. It's it's absolutely crazy how he's... Yeah. Just...
1: Well, I mean, there's been, there's been no Cobra meeting, um, no money released, uh, no action on climate change. So it's all just going to get steadily worse, really. But...
3: I mean, let's be honest, even if, if, like, he does something about the flooding, then he's not going to do anything about climate change, is he?
1: No, no. But, I mean, he's not going to do anything about the fucking flooding anyway. If it manages to stay in the papers and drag on for long enough, he'll probably sign something that says he'll dredge more rivers. Because everyone sort of, you know, you've got to dredge the rivers. I mean, I don't know that that actually helps. But that's the big thing, isn't it? Whenever there's flooding, it's because we haven't dredged enough rivers.
0: Yeah, that that was the huge thing uh, when the levels were flooding. Um, well, a couple of years back now, but I I'm pretty sure remember hearing that it's it really isn't a solution to this stuff because it's just moving bits of water around quicker. It doesn't like magically teleport it out to the sea or anything. So it yeah. just it just hits certain parts of the river faster and then overflows into uh well, whatever. Just makes the um
1: makes the riptide much more dangerous.
0: Well god. People can't complain
1: about the flooding if they're all halfway out the out to the North Sea.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I mean even even when they do something about the flooding, like Leeds, for example, has some like apparently I've been told, sophisticated fancy new flood defences in the city centre. But like the rest of Yorkshire is like Atlantis. It's just completely submerged
1: see Mm. when you say sophisticated anti-flooding technology are they making the skyscrapers out of sponge
3: no what it is is (laughs) apparently it's just a bunch of fucking like essentially balloons and when the river sort of levels go high enough then the balloons inflate themselves and like redirect the water or something Okay. it probably cost Uh, about 3 billion
1: pounds that sounds I mean from the way you're describing it that sounds like a fucking fever dream if I'm honest. I mean balloons balloons self-inflate and redirect the water.
3: I look I can I have not done the research into this this is what I've been told by like the Leeds Labour Party. <laughs>
2: well we'll we'll take their word for it. Um <laughs> yeah. it's important that we listen to the north whatever
1: they're saying.
3: Yes yeah. even when it's about balloons and rivers it's yeah.
1: important that we listen to the north when they're talking about racism when they're talking about help my house is underwater it's less important
0: well yeah that's some of the lessons learned. I'm sure there's been way more uh, investment because th- yeah this, this time when the, the levels the Somerset levels were flooding then didn't um, Yorkshire and other places get hit just like months later and nobody gave a damn or, or much yeah.
3: less oh, of a damn pun intended I mean, to be be fair. (laughs) That's (laughs) all. Sorry. (laughs) To be fair, I'm pretty sure that, like, a substantial amount of whales is underwater as well, but nobody has ever given a single shit about whales. Yeah, I was going to make
0: another joke about, you know, whales always being being underwater. underwater. Yeah, but you're right. That's (laughs) 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 That's fine. But that is uninsensitive, yeah. Uh, Anyone have any more nautical
1: puns? No.
3: I'm sure we'll get no.
2: there. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to the move to Rapture,
0: personally.
3: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 because Eggman isn't the chancellor anymore, so we're not doing that.
0: Yeah, the Randian dream is
1: cancelled, for now, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So that was the main, the main news story this week. Uh, the other thing was the, the new, the shiny new points based, points based immigration system. If someone wants to. <sighs> Uh, Tell us about that.
3: Can I just say that the previous immigration system, where they sort of um, had five tiers of visa that you could apply for, I guess, um, was also called the point-based immigration system. And this was a scheme that started in like 2008 to 2010, so obviously it didn't apply to EU nationals, but it did to everyone else. Um, It has nothing to do with points. Or had nothing to do with points, um, but it was called that, which I thought was interesting because they've been going on about like point based point based systems for fucking years and years and years. Um, the new system is awful. Essentially, I would not be eligible to move to the UK under the.
1: Do you not have a STEM PhD?
3: I do not have a STEM PhD no. For shame. So yeah. That- uh, such a weird little
0: prioritization thing. Like, get obviously PhD, a pretty ridiculous high level of qualification ranking, and then just to say, ah, but if it's in science and technology, then you get extra, extra points.
1: It's it's so that uh, Dom Cummies can build his army of uh, racist data scientists. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a PhD in like phrenology and graphs. Then, you know, he's he can sponsor you and you you get straight in. If you do anything useful for a living you can fuck off.
0: Oh yeah, there's def- definitely gonna be some genius uh visa um, you know, sort of little route hidden in there where he can just pull in any old lunatic he likes to come work at number ten for him. I mean do you want me to run you through the, the- the system. As it Wait, was. does he
2: need to bring them in from abroad? I feel
1: like there's plenty of <laughs> them in already the that he can pull from.
0: Goddamn, foreign racists coming here taking our racist <laughs> jobs.
1: <laughs> it depends how many of his of his homegrown racists have to resign for weird sex shit on on uh, Reddit.
3: <laughs> You'd assume most of them.
1: <laughs> well, it's a hundred percent so far.
3: Yeah.
0: Maybe they'd actually vetted people, and this was the most inconspicuous guy they had so far, like number 50 on the list. Well, he hasn't posted on Stormfront. Well, he hasn't, you know, been caught in a, you know, BNP march, so he must be fine. For at least six
1: months.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, but anyway, sorry, Ben, carry
3: on, crack on. Yeah, tell us about
1: the the points-based system.
3: So, you need 70 points, and the way this is phrased is you need 70 points to be eligible to apply. I don't know how many you need to like be proper, and you'd assume around seventy as well. But let's drop that for a second. So, um, offer of job by approved sponsor, um, and job at appropriate skill level, whatever the fuck that means, um, are twenty points each, and are both like mandatory. Um, Wait, so they, they,
2: are they going to look at your skill level and try and work out? If, no, if you think, should be doing something better?
3: I think the, the 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 job offer that you have, like even if someone wants to hire you as a janitor at 40k a year, then they're going to say, no, fuck that. It's not an appropriate skill. I think the appropriate skill level is not your skill level. It's the skill level that they determine these are jobs that are worth having people come do. Um, speaks English at required level, 10 points, and is also mandatory. So if you ha- if you take all three of the mandatory boxes you're already at 50 out of 70. Um if you earn under um 23,000 pounds a year, go fuck yourself, zero points. Um 23 to 26, 10 points. Over 26, um 20 points. So that will get you in, but like that's above the, the median wage in the UK.
2: But there's also like a bare minimum as well, right? This, so, no, no,
3: I don't think there is a bare minimum. yeah, menu.
2: no. So there is. So it's it's um, basically under uh, about twenty and a half thousand. Um, that's where the band for zero points starts. If you earn below that, there's just
3: oh right. It's I see. it's
2: another mandatory thing that for some reason they didn't put in the mandatory bit. But like yeah, so lots of jobs. Right. So most we jobs necessarily everyone, have filled with wage. migrant workers at the moment. But yeah, anything anything under twenty k basically
3: right job in a shortage occupation as designated by the government obviously 20 points um, education qualification phd in subject relevant to the job 10 and if it's a stem phd then 20 um so in theory it'll just lock out most people um and this isn't to replace so you'll still have stuff like um, athletes and uh, religious ministers and, like, exceptional genius, they're called Einstein visas, you um, will mm-hmm. still be able to apply outside the point system, I assume, or they'll just tack on more points for that. Um, but this is sort of the basic thing, and it does lock out the vast majority of people.
1: I think I saw something saying there was some kind of agricultural thing that's separate, like an, a separate agricultural visa or something? Yeah, uh,
3: so... Yeah, yeah. The government has basically said, um, oh shit, yeah, all the farmers are real concerned. Um, They want to do a separate thing that will for for like a seasonal farming thing and that'll be about 10,000 places or something. And that'll be just like, yeah, come over here, we'll exploit you for the summer. Um, Having been on a sort of similar visa, basically what it means is your boss is going to be able to make you do whatever the fuck he wants. No workers right at at all with the threat of, and if you don't do what I say, I'll just get you kicked out of the country tomorrow.
0: Well, even even like obviously the agricultural stuff is the extreme end of that. But the whole point of this new system is directly tying it to your employer. You know, like that. God knows how much sort of grace period you get if you get a legitimate job offer, move here, and then the business goes under like three months later. Like how quickly are they going to start gunning for you? It. I don't know. Yeah, but it could I mean, be there's fun.
2: there's nothing in the system that is that is for workers. It's it's all designed around businesses being able to control, you know, make make various demands of the people that are just trying to apply. Which is not a million miles away from the system we had anyway. But it's certainly gonna gonna be a lot worse for for some people.
3: Even the job offer approved in advance of you coming to the country, I don't think people realize how big a hurdle that is. I've tried to do that. It is so difficult, especially because the law in the UK as it is now is essentially the company has to give sort of a valid reason as to why they're hiring you and not just any of the other 60 million in this country. What makes you specifically so special that nobody else can do this? And that's mm. a really, really high bar. So yeah. So yeah. it's just
0: naturally hostile to uh, you know that's not even overcoming the sort of uh, issues about coming for interviews and stuff if you're not even in the country
1: yeah they've definitely geared it towards if if it, if at all possible you should get a british person to do the job and you should only bring someone in from abroad if there's a, a very serious reason like you know you, you're part of the not racist industry and therefore you can't hire any british people
0: yeah but their argument for why that was even possible like fell apart like because you know a uh, pretty came out and came out and said like um ah but there's 8 million uh, you know uh, economically inactive people they can do this work and then they've been pointed out like no that's students that's long term sick that's people who could work but have, you know voluntarily properly retired you can't just force them back into the workforce willy-nilly and yeah it's it's just a it, it there isn't really enough slack to actually ever be making up for the the sudden uh you know hostile barriers system that they're putting up um and yeah like it's a, it's it's basically like obviously making things a lot harder for eu migrants on the basis that this is somehow fairer to non eu migrants but it's just completely missing the dynamics that It's still quite a hard system. It's very contingent on lots of stuff that people won't be controlling of. There are still all the exemptions, um, which, you know, for critical industries and stuff is fine. But it's just going to create such a general, even increased hostility to anyone working such a, um, you know, a job that the British public assumes would be low skilled then just opens them up to all kinds of naked hostility because like why are you here we thought we were doing this for our own people blah 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 and yeah it's just a, no matter what they call or try to say it's like well we can shift the focus to domestic um you know uh, native employment or whatever it's it's not going to be done that easily if it's even possible and it's just opening the doors for even more bigotry for people who aren't not you know sort of uh, natively british born
2: yeah yeah i mean like what i find particularly weird about it i guess is that it doesn't seem to even be a policy that would like work economically in their favor like it's it's all posturing it's all ideology
3: yeah it is but like it's it's
2: it's so clear we've got like (laughs) massively um uh lacking kind of what is deemed low-skilled, but necessarily requires quite a lot of skill labour. Like, we've got these huge gaps in care work in the NHS and they've just introduced a policy that's going to make it that much harder to fill those gaps. It's not its not actually going to help anyone particularly.
3: They have said if you're coming to work for the NHS, you get, like, extra points, but, you know, that's just a short-up.
1: Oh, great, a bonus round. <laughs> I think a lot of what this government is going to do over the next 5 years is just going to be this kind of like it it largely meaningless doesn't solve the problems makes them worse but sounds mm. good to like racists Do you know what I mean that sort of thing we elected we elected them to get Brexit done so Brexit just gets shot out no one cares like you know what I mean it, it we've, we've it's happened now we're still negotiating the trade no one gives a fuck about the trade deal you know what I mean we it's might crash done, yeah. out at the end of the year we might not the important thing is people have stopped talking about it. We were promised a point-style immigration system. We've got one now. It doesn't matter whether they actually pass it as a law or anything like that. It, it, there's been an announcement. Yeah, that'll do. For, that'll do for people. Um, and what you were saying about um, them, you know, there's there's all these sort of people who are uh, aren't like gainfully employed, but they but that they can't expect to take jobs. I think we'll probably see a a push towards, like, um, workfare, yeah, and probably, it's probably not outside the bounds of possibility that they'll start trying to do sort of, like, more American-style prison stuff, where prisoners are expected to work, you know, for, like, a pound a day or whatever.
0: Mm, Yeah, good point, actually.
1: Because, like, that that would be the next big thing. You know you, can't, you know, you can't mistreat prisoners because of all those, like, wacky EU human rights laws. But now that we're out of the EU, we can have them all, like, digging ditches for pennies an hour. You know what I mean? The, the world yeah. is our oyster now.
3: I mean, what really um, scares me is I'm an EU uh, citizen, not a UK citizen. And I don't know how this is going to interact with the sort of um, – application process for all the EU stuff. I've already finished mine, um, but if you're pre-settled, if you're settled, how's that going to work with this new system? Are they just going to... Sw- you know, it's possible they just decide one morning, oh, we're switching everybody over to the points-based system or you don't qualify and get fucked. And, like, people saying, oh, they won't do that, it's economic suicide, blah, blah, blah. But this government has literally already deported actual UK citizens because they were black, so... Yeah, not a lot of good yeah. faith there.
0: No, I mean, like absolute best it's going to be like january the 1st 2021 these are the rules hope you did all the paperwork before now ha! and yeah then sending in um the border agency or whatever to do it i mean yeah uh i think basically this is some a a government that doesn't really know what it's doing but is doing all of the big um, you know, policy announcement stuff without necessarily having any kind of follow through on it. But
2: Oh, I disagree. I think there's I think it's follow through. I just think it's not like it will it will necessarily make an impact. These things are gonna change. It's just not actually useful. <laughs> it's is not good policy. It's not even good Tory policy, it seems. It's just like making life difficult for the people that they promised they'd make the life difficult for
0: yeah but that that was sort of my thinking as well if there was an overall strategy behind it it's not to necessarily fix anything it's not to pass adequate legislation is just simply cause so many actual you know divisions and separations quite obviously in british society that um You know, there can never be the kind of uh, Labour coalitions that we've seen in the past, none of that recovery, because it will be, you know, sort of... um those of sort of EU nationality backgrounds being pitted against those of non EU nationality backgrounds, because now they're under the same system, but it's a potentially an elevation of one and a decrease in the rights of the EU nationals. So there's hostility between those communities. There's still all of the, um, agricultural licensing visa systems. So the areas that that's still heavily reliant on will see no improvement whatsoever. Um, And yeah, it's just if they, by deliberate action or accident, if they do manage to, um, you know, get that as sort of the core parts of British society, that nothing's got fixed, but nobody works together anymore, then that's serious trouble for the left.
3: And it'll make it much harder for any Labour government if they do get in later to to say, oh, we're changing the immigration system. It's like, oh, why are you changing the points-based immigration system that we were promised? Like, we like that and then you have to to be on the defensive immediately
0: yeah yeah because
2: it doesn't it doesn't sound bad and yeah it's boring right for most people like they they don't care so it's johnson's equivalent of build the wall but like also in a way that you are just not going to read into it like you, you can see a wall going up a points braced integration system comes in you're like uh, sounds like a thing that you should do. I guess I don't know. I'm just gonna <laughs> go back to my life and ignore that. That's changed. It, it, there's there's no kind of reminder for people, uh, even people that would be against it, even people that are not in favor of Johnson. Like it's not like we have a massive wall to be like, yeah, no, that thing needs to be torn down. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Just all of the you know subtle discrimination and racism, or. Oh that exists in society, still just another bit of it. Bastards.
2: But ultimately, like, I think what we need to be doing and remember to do is not necessarily focus on each of these policies as they come in as, like, on their own terms because, like, the border force and the way that our borders were managed before was fucked. They're going to be fucked after this and when we come into power, it's not about just, like, tweaking that like we need to have made the argument to tear that down like a moral duty to to tear that down and well in my opinion not rebuild anything but necessarily it it can't look anything like it currently looks
0: no great. but speaking of building things we do want to see let's move on to talk about bristol transformed all right yeah. Okay. So yes, Josh, Bristol transformed. I mean, um, is there if you well introduce it to the audience in the next two minutes? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here, but go.
2: Okay. Time limited. That's fine. So Bristol transformed um, very much came off the back of the world transformed, which was started up uh, I think f- about four and a half years ago, Labour Party conference. Um, a bunch of left-wing activists and organisers decided that the stuff going on around Labour Party conference um, wasn't interesting accessible or really like pushing the left enough Um, so they decided to bring in a bunch of speakers um, workshops parties that kind of thing and be like right this is where we build our movement and where we improve our movement as well this is important to have it on the site of kind of Labour Party Conference and moving that itself to the left. Um, And yeah, that continued in Bristol. We uh, had our first version of that, a more like local, completely volunteer-led version for Bristol. Started last year where we had a festival, uh, I think it was May time, a a day of panels, uh, speakers, workshops, big after-party Uh, And since then have been looking to basically put on arts, culture, ideas, politics, events in the city, giving an opportunity for people to actually enjoy and learn in a way that a lot of other organisations weren't doing. And certainly that people felt like they weren't getting out of the the formal party structures.
0: Mm. And it's gone so well. It's been so successful. You're doing the big weekend event next month as well, aren't you?
2: yeah we're back again uh this year so twice as big as before doing two full days um saturday the 7th and sunday the 8th of march we're also putting on um uh, the trash future podcast as got a live recording on the evening of the 6th so yeah two and a, a bit days um of the same kind of stuff panels workshops parties
0: yeah, if you're listening to this, you love podcasts. So go to Bristol Transformed, where they have other better podcasts. Excuse <laughs> <Other> you. <laughs> podcasts are available. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, uh, this year,
2: because it's in March, because it's happening on that weekend, um, 8th of March, as hopefully everyone's aware, is International Women's Day. Mm. Um, so our other decision was that we were going to have that day um with solely um women and non-binary speakers on all of the panels so uh yeah we've got managed to pull that off which is fantastic not just focusing on women's issues per se on that day but it was just really important um yeah to kind of highlight that and also just there are so many really solid left female comrades that um it's really important we have have their voice is heard as well and often if we attend uh, various other events they uh tend to be full of men on the panel and maybe a woman gets a chair if she's lucky so we wanted to avoid that where possible
3: yeah
0: and filling a whole day of events is going to be really fantastic um I haven't bought my ticket yet, to be perfectly honest. But um... that is
2: unacceptable. <laughs> what are you doing?
0: Yes, yeah, um, I really shouldn't have admitted that. To be fair, anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I'm definitely going. It's going to be a good time. Um, so, when when putting these sort of things together, like, what are the the basic elements you have to get sorted to? put together um well what are you calling it an entire festival festival. a weekend yeah (laughs) yeah
2: um yeah no so it's very much a festival so bristol transformed is now uh running as an all-year kind of organization um voluntary group in which we are putting on various events and our aim is to have uh this one big festival weekend each year uh, where we can showcase some of the best and most interesting conversations of the left. Um, in terms of actually organising it, uh, it takes a lot. So venues, uh, which particularly in Bristol, has been um, a struggle at times. We have very few kind of like medium-sized venues, which is ideally what we want, um, medium size with a decent capacity kind of like rooms for three four hundred and some breakout rooms they just they just haven't been built in Bristol so um, mostly operating out of community spaces we've got four different venues that we're working with this year um, PRSC, Malcolm X, Docklands Youth Centre and Hamilton House Um, so like we're lucky we've got those smaller venues all quite close together and it enables people to kind of you know just jump between them fairly easily but it would be really great to have the opportunity to either take on a bigger space or or get access to one how many people yeah, um, how many
3: people are involved like with organizing it
2: oh it's a real mix so um yeah it's it's quite hard to keep track because people kind of drop in and out depending on how much uh else they've got going on. Um, I'd say on a kind of weekly basis where we're having meetings at the moment, um, we're looking at at least kind of seven to 10 people in those meetings. But then outside of that, there'll be another 10 or so who um, are just like chipping in and maybe inviting speakers or organising individual panels um, themselves. But yeah, it's it, it's been quite a struggle, particularly at, like with the election happening. So what happened was uh October we decided right now's the time to kick into gear to organize this festival for March and uh then an election was called which we were super happy about so we put that on pause <laughs> did all of the election um and we were like it's fine we're gonna win an election who even needs a festival Ah, we are needless yeah. to say readers <laughs> they did yep. not win the election um yeah, yeah so us. we've it sucked <laughs> yeah we've had to we've had to pick up basically now and be like right got to really knuckle down um and amazingly pulled it off we've got a really fantastic lineup um but yeah it's a lot of work gone in from uh, a number of people which hopefully it will uh the The proof will be there on on the day just uh, quite how great it's going to be so yeah next time we're going to have a year to plan and it'll be great
3: I think this vindicates our uh, podcast structure which is essentially the same
0: (laughs) yeah uh, a rotating cast of people um, doing whatever they can and uh, somehow it pulls together a great show nearly every week
1: (laughs) (laughs) against all odds oh yeah yeah people never
2: notice the papered over cracks it's fine
0: (laughs) yeah although a lot of that's due to the editing so thanks guys Yeah. (laughs) yeah for making us look good um yeah so like um i mean what what sort of things do you spend your time doing what are you involved with working with to make bristol transform go
2: so I've this year taken on the role of producer effectively. Um, I've had the opportunity to put the last uh, kind of four weeks of my time full time into it um, on a voluntary basis. But yeah, it's something I'm really kind of looking forward to, to having achieved together. So I've been um, trying to organize the program make sure that we've got everything in the right place, that we don't have things clashing, chasing up um, with speakers that I've invited, with people who should have invited other speakers. Um, I also do some of the design work for um, some of the online stuff and the print stuff, uh, the program and things like that for the day. Uh, generally just trying to take an overview of like all of the things that are needed Like until you get to it. you you don't really realize like how many things need to be thought of because it's just yeah it, it it seems like it should be easy just like oh it's fine we'll invite some people into a room we'll Im- invite people to buy tickets and like it'll all run itself but we've got to get volunteers make sure we coordinate with the venues make sure there's food for everyone that the speakers need to uh, like know where they're going that they've got someone to go to in case you know there's an issue and the person that they were communicating with is off running another panel somewhere um yeah so it's it's quite a lot of like little bits that spend a lot of time just thinking about how the day might look,
1: and then finding something new to to have to think about. So is it difficult to to get like speakers and stuff involved? Um,
2: it's actually been really uh, not really easy, but like people have been really open to coming to speak. Um, so yeah, the response has been great. I think having set ourselves um, a really solid reputation last year from the speakers that we had, uh, and we had some really good kind of names last year, um, well-known people amongst the left. Now, when we've even just been reaching out to speakers that we've never had any contact with and we, you know, don't know a person who knows a person, um, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we get what you guys are about. We have seen that, you know, what you're doing is really good um and even though we aren't able to offer speaker fees or anything because we're just running pretty much off the money from ticket sales we don't get any grant funding or anything like that um they've all been really generous in in offering to come down and yeah share their knowledge and their time with people
0: that's really good to hear yeah because i mean that's important that we're building these kinds of events and that uh you know sort of community atmosphere and things like that so you know that there will always be the left-wing spaces to um well to you know to learn from to learn new things meet new people and stuff like that um so yeah like well do do you agree is that sort of uh quite an important priority for the left at this point to keep building events like this
2: yeah I, i i think so i think one because So we think our kind of main target demographic, the people that we're trying to get to come, uh, not necessarily just who we expect to come, are people that have been to a political meeting and then thought, Fuck that. I'm never going back to like what, what on earth was that meeting? It was boring. I didn't understand what was being said. This guy just kept saying it's more of a comment than a question. <laughs> <laughs> just never again. So, those people who necessarily have shown some interest in politics, but just don't get on with the formats of uh, a lot of political meetings, we want to be able to reach out to to show that there is actually. Um, an interesting and vibrant side to discussing left wing politics. And beyond that as well, I think just having a presence within uh the city, like wherever you are, so for us within Bristol, having that presence, being known as an organization, um just really helps that, you know, the left doesn't just show up at election time. It's it's not just here to get your vote and then fuck off again. It's actually there trying to put stuff on trying to engage with communities have conversations um like we'd be very open to you know once we're established hopefully when we've got some more money we'll be able to say to groups hey like we want to help you host things that you want to do like we've got our particular interests and at the moment we will put on events that are of our interest but uh, there's no reason that other people couldn't come up and say hey i really want to put on an event like this can you guys help us organize it and so we are looking at like collaborating with um other kind of local groups or individuals um we've been doing work with the national food food service campaign um recently uh, bristol Bristol union school set up um and, and working with these other groups as well where we've got a name and like a known brand effectively that can draw people to it and also a bit of experience in setting up and advertising events and stuff so um yeah i think i think that that practice is really important that when someone has a good idea there's somewhere for them to then take that and not have to constantly start from fresh and try and find a new audience and try and work out the things that we've spent you know the last two years figuring out yeah yeah
1: yeah, I think it's um I think it's important that the left is seen to be doing things in the community as well. I've argued that like Labour should do more to sort of like, you know, um set up food banks and stuff like that obviously, but then also just community events. I think um a sort of a big problem a big problem you have with uh, with people especially with with elderly people, but I mean obviously other groups it's it's true as well. Um is, you know, a lot of people they just sort of they don't, you know the the way things are with the world these days. You you you've got work and then you're at home, and then you don't you know that you don't have like social, sort of space like you used to.
2: Yeah, um, I mean we've lost the labour clubs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff pretty like that much don't so, exist anymore.
1: Um, you know people just they they go to work they they hate their job they come home they read the paper they watch the news they hear about how you know foxes are trying to murder them like immigrants are trying to murder them the left are trying to murder them, you know, all this like negative stuff constantly. And then when an election rolls around, that's their frame of reference for the world. So they'll vote for the guy who says he's going to, you know, put all the leftists and the foxes and the immigrants in camps. They'll just turn up in droves because that those are the problems of the world as they've been told to understand them. And I think if you had sort of, you know, if you were putting on like weekly meals for people, and they can just come and and just you know you just go right oh that like yeah labour's just or or any left groups just putting on a meal you can just turn up, throw us a couple of quid if you if you want if you if you've got it spare, but just come and have a meal and just meet people and talk to people and hear about like the fact that community isn't dead you know like there there are there is a community around you, and they're all just normal people they're not all like secretly plotting to murder you and and the world yeah, the, isn't as terrible as you've been told
0: the things you've heard in the paper aren't really reflective of the people that you know yeah living two streets over that you meet every once a week and talk about whatever and stuff yeah. like that and yeah just like culturally you know that somebody you saw on the local football team then actually shows up at the picket line blah 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 that you know combination yeah. of like cultural and uh political power and then overcoming a lot of the you know the propaganda effect it's it, it's what yeah i mean to be really fair, happening
3: now. To be fair, the Labour Party, at least where I live, does put on sort of events and things like that. But you know, a they find it quite difficult to advertise to people who are not already Labour members, and b people see an event and go. Even Labour members see the event and go. Don't really want to go to a Labour event because yeah, y- you know what it's going to be like, and you know they're going to do the whole politicking thing and where I am at least, yeah. the Labour Party doesn't even have any fucking money, the local party. So they're always kind of shitty. And it's it's nice that external organizations can do that and then sort of instill the left-wing ideas and values. And then obviously that will translate to electoral stuff, but hopefully non-electoral stuff as well.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah definitely. I think for us it's really important that there is that separation between um what transform does and what the labor party does like a number of us as organizers of transformed are involved with the labor party in various ways but particularly here in bristol where you've got a whole um kind of swathe of different types of left wing people you've got a lot of greens you've got a fair number of liberals um you've got some really hardcore socialists that would never dream of joining the labor party not not naming names, um, <laughs> and uh, and and then yeah, and then you've got those that are, are either just in the Labour Party or actively involved, and it's something where I think previously having tried to organise things under say even the banner of Momentum, it does turn a lot of people off from being interested. Either they don't like the organisation because they're not of that party. Or, or that faction. They just immediately, yeah, or that even that faction, they just immediately think it's not for them because they're just like, Oh yeah, that's that's just for a thing that those other people are involved with, that's fine. So I think yeah, that, that separation is important not only in the people that we can uh bring to discuss these ideas um and listen to them, uh, but also having a, a, a broader base of speakers, I guess, as well. Where we are interested in, say, talking to Plaid Cymru about why they think like nationalistic um, views within their party are are good and progressive, and that that just wouldn't be able to happen through you know Labour structures necessarily.
3: It does give you a bit more freedom as well because I don't think I, I, I looked through some of the events and past events and stuff before the episode, and I don't think that the Labour Party would let you host an event called steal as much as you can about a book of the same title yeah
2: it's, it's very critical of the play. Is that book i did love that event <laughs> um yeah no i think there there is certainly um an element of us being a bit more edgy than one would necessarily be allowed to be otherwise um but that freedom's and, good you, as know, you say that it yeah. allows
0: you to break out of the stereotypes of old lefty meetings and people's attitudes towards the Labour Party but still deliver good left-wing politics and a community around that as well. Yeah, definitely.
3: I was also thinking it's, you know, these sort of events, like I said before, they don't have to, to translate into electoral stuff necessarily. But if you instill the values and let people, because right now the national conversation is sort of led by the newspapers and obviously those skew pretty heavily right. And you don't have the labor clubs anymore, as you said. So as long as there's a place to discuss the idea that people sort of are even people who have one left wing idea but are quite liberal and a lot of other stuff, but they get sucked in through that and sort of expand their horizons with regards to socialism and left wing stuff in general, then, you know, that that's always gonna be a net good. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's not just I think we Transformed, what we'll see uh, going beyond this festival is it will also branch out from being um, mainly kind of like talk and workshop-focused stuff. Like, we host a banging party during the festival. We will be doing again this year. And we should be doing more of that. Like, there's no reason that just because, like, we're interested in politics that we can't just do other fun shit. Like, that's really important as well. Those meals that we mentioned before. I know that during the election cycle, um, we were having like a a weekly meal together at the end of the week, and that was really important for all of us to just kind of come together, decompress a bit, um, and yeah, just show solidarity. So um, those kinds of things, I think, beyond just just the like formal conversations, uh, necessarily will will be bringing people. Into the fold of the left, and you'll you you make friends and you'll listen to what your friends have to say about things
3: yeah it's it's a community, and you know politics yeah. should be fun
1: what you said there about like uh parties as well is i mean absolutely because the left always comes out of like you know if when there's there's any kind of like party or celebration along political lines. The left always comes out of it looking much more normal than the right. You know, like people, <laughs> people would clutch their people will clutch their pearls and go, Oh, they were chanting Jeremy Corbyn's name. It's a bit like a cult, but it, it looks to normal people like a bunch of normal people having fun. Whereas whenever you see like young Tories have had some kind of party, they're all doing blackface or like wearing shirts with slurs on them and, and you know. Did what I you mean? see
2: the pictures from that like Tory Glastonbury? That was a sad state of affairs, possibly you should you should yeah, so uh, this they decided that they were going to do their own Glastonbury. They were feeling a bit left out after Corbyn had been on, I think, and um it's just like fifty people in a field in like suits <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: of course uh. they didn't, they didn't <laughs> even pretend there's, yeah. there's no there's no greater like genre of comedy than right wing people deciding to take their ball home. Like you know what I mean? They just decide. All right, Glastonbury's left wing now is a Glastonbury right. Well, we'll do our own fucking Glastonbury, and it's like just looks like a spaceship's landed.
2: <laughs> I think our next big kind of thing—I'm just putting out there now for Bristol Transform to do—will be to run a, a parallel festival to the Brexit Festival. Ooh. And, um, <laughs> yeah, good idea. We'll do, we'll do a national. I mean maybe maybe still brexit festival
0: but like not shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's a very low bar to clear
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no that probably will be important just you know to put the the difference of how things can go because i mean just for the the next year and beyond then yeah the right are going to try and purely dominate the conversation and it's always going to be important for the left to have spaces but also like articulate different visions of how things can go and even if that involves a little bit of piggybacking for instance off you know like a brexit festival but then still putting forward the left-wing um perspective on you know the the need for fight for migrant rights but the the good things etc and that that could be yeah really important why well,
2: you should join your union <laughs>
0: yeah just again stuff like that hammer at home every time that you know this, now is the time to work together, et cetera but yeah
1: I think as well the Brexit festival is probably gonna be fire festival two point <laughs> like oh, nothing about nothing I've seen about anyone involved in brexit in any way like or capacity at all suggests competence to me. So, I well, fully we're already expect- trapped
0: on a tiny island with horrible housing and crap food. So this are basically true. at fire festival all the
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, so Britain is the fire festival like 2.0, and the Brexit festival is going to be 3.0. But no, I mean, I fully expect someone to just sort of like run off with all the money that they've raised for it, and then like other people to just you know, well, the Dunkirk spirit will get us through, and it it just absolute fucking shit fire on a on a train wreck. Just, I mean, the best you know thing I mean? is, you
3: know, it's going to be like three twenty-five-year-olds, and then a bunch of sixty-year-olds, and uh, I'm not sure how you have a party like that. But everybody's I in mean, bed by nine.
1: That's the thing. I I fully expect it to be just an a, like a mass brawl at some point. Because I, I you can't like you know what I mean. The, the 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 one thing all the right have in common is that they're just perpetually fucking furious and they don't know why or at who. So if you stick you stick like even a couple of hundred of them in a field together, they're gonna like just start lashing out at each other.
0: Yeah, that's how the War
3: of the Roses started. I mean you gotta have some sort of decompression thing. Maybe maybe the, the field's a wheat field that they can run through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they get their well, the worst ideas possible after that. But um Right. Um yeah, so you know it's this is the second
2: about to transform yeah
0: yeah well it, we go off on tenders a lot but yeah so like um for the first year uh what what was your sort of your thinking and uh all the the struggles and stuff you had to do to actually try and get it together in the first place cuz i don't think many of you guys have got like great event managing experience or anything did you so it was all quite oh, no. quite a...
2: and i like i so I, I personally wasn't involved in the first year at all. Um, so I've come into this kind of fresh as well. Um, yeah, no, the only did thing that I did for last year's event was um, some of the design work for it. So uh, yes, full props to the, the rest of the team for sorting out the entirety of that festival. Um, I was attending and it was great. And so that was, yeah, kind of when I was like, okay, I want to get more involved now. Um, I think... It's it's been yeah there there were some learnings around you know how long it takes people to move from venue to venue you know I was saying before like you just things that you don't even consider before you're actually there on the day uh, the things that we're trying to address this year and and foresee uh, which is really hard but so we've we've changed the amount of time between the panels um, we've thought a bit more about you know how many speakers are on a panel because they. Um, just weren't able to really have that much discussion when there was like six speakers and they were all answering the same question. Um, So yeah, just adapting the formats a little bit. Um, Ultimately, it's uh, it's just been down to trying to pick up on some of the stuff from last year, but also having a, a limited amount of time to organize things and just getting it done um and i've I personally have been really impressed by how much we've managed to achieve in the, in the last uh, i mean month and a half frankly
0: yeah yeah well with the distraction of the election ruining all your planning time but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's all coming together looking really good on the website and everything it's gonna be fantastic um and then for the future obviously you've still actually got the uh the you know the the weekend coming up and Maybe that other uh Brexit Festival thing and um <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But I mean, um any anything else? Like um you you'd mentioned that you're just funding it through tickets. Do you reckon any any other organizations or uh, grants might be able to come into play in future years? Or would that maybe yeah. um affect, you know, the perceptions you had, you know, about it being its own thing?
2: I think I think there is so there's space for some funding it's it, we don't fund it entirely from tickets we do ask like uh unions clps uh, other kind of organisations that are or should be friendly to uh left wing education necessarily to um yeah help us with money that they've got from their members so we get a little bit from the clps from the unions um and then uh last year we did get um, some grant funding but we haven't been able to this year just because the times of it future wise like it is important that we have more money to put this stuff on like as much as we can try and do everything on the cheap and you know at the moment we're not asking uh, we're asking speakers to do it for free and saying we've got a limited amount that we can pay for their expenses but that is really limiting for us like there are speakers that we cannot bring because it's just too expensive to get them down here obviously the state of uk transport is a complete mess so to bring down speakers from newcastle we were looking at like a 70 quid flight one way uh, an 80 quid train on the way back like it just for one single speaker so as as much as we'd like to bring those people down it's just not tenable in, unless we have um more money to be able to do that and i think it's also really important that we put better stuff on and if you want better stuff particularly if you want better parties if you want better advertising if you like the arts and culture stuff like most people doing great stuff are freelancing it and they need paying like i work freelance and i know how important it is like even though i can like there's nothing stopping me using my skills in a voluntary way and i do quite a lot but if i'm able if i if i want to be able to sustain that then at at some point we need to be able to pay people so it's a a shift that we're trying to move towards um as quick as we can we recently just got a, a, a really great poster made um which yeah we were like it's it's important we spend this money on getting this done uh similarly with kind of the the artists and djs we're we're saying look we recognize that this is this is basically your job where a lot of the speakers um have other other jobs like just speaking isn't isn't their main thing so yeah
0: we do want to get more money in
3: yeah not paying
0: people in exposure
3: (laughs) I mean, if you're a left-wing organisation, then you want to, you know, pay people for their labour. It's a basic sort of...
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really... Di- it's this this uh, really contradictory part of the left, isn't it, where we understand <laughs> understand the value of labour and we never have any fucking money. Um, yeah, and then I think also one of the things that as we ourselves as an organization with name recognition not just amongst kind of left-wing activism but in the city generally um we want to be making more demands of the council of you know space that they should be giving to organizations like ours um it's it's really important that not not just left-wing organizations but community groups in general people mm. that are putting good stuff on that um necessarily like it will help the council have a better city with having stuff like this here it it brings in revenue for them everyone's happier like those things matter to them we can reach people in a way that you know they're running consultations all the time and they get like no one to turn up so if they want to make friends with us and be like hey we're really looking to get some input on these kinds of things can you do an event about it but we're going to need some, you know, give and take from them. And, and for my view, a big part of that is going to be space um, and and having a premises and knowing that we can like offer that to partner organizations that we're working with, community groups, individuals, and just having that security to be able to continue putting stuff like this on. Mm. Um, And I think I think more organizations should be making demands of councils, particularly where there's there's lots of empty property It's like, give this to us like it should be owned in like a community trust um there's there's a, a thing called com- um community asset transfer uh that not enough of like left organizations are making demands for really we kind of say oh we've just got to rent it seems to be the only way that things are being thought about at the moment
0: okay Do that actually point does make me want to ask even more questions but uh time <laughs> time is moving on I'm you can find right. me at the festival well yeah exactly yeah we'll have yeah. to do a, an on the spot um interview there again um but okay let's move on to oh
2: there's no not with me oh i'll, I'll point you in the I'll, <laughs> I'll point you to the right people to you know the intelligent people that we've invited <laughs> i'm not speaking <laughs> um right yeah no do you, i'll um do you want me to just highlight a couple of things we've got got at the festival I'll um, give you some some yeah. sneaks of the panel
0: oh well yeah if you want to do a few shout outs go for it yeah
2: yeah so we haven't actually announced Any of the the panels formally yet We have been announcing speakers And if you want to see them you should check out um, As we mentioned before The Twitter at Bruce transformed Or indeed find us on Facebook Where we'll be announcing Panelists Um, But in terms of the topics that we're going to be talking about um, We're going to have A a few different kind of like streams uh, Some stuff around decriminalisation We'll include in there Stuff about borders, drugs uh, Sex work We're going to have um, a stream about uh, nationalism, basically. So we're going to be talking nationalism and imperialism. Bristol's got um, a history with empire that we want to uh, address. We're looking at things like uh, progressive nationalism. um, And then we've also got my uh, kind of hobby horse, which is my arts and culture stream. So in that stuff about community asset transfer and why it's really important to build a culture um not just in the left but of the left um art power and ideology and how the right tend to uh, just completely dominate popular culture and how we can look at creating a more radical media and different different models that people have been employing not just in terms of news media but also uh, other forms of uh, cultural output
0: great Yeah, that all sounds really important, really interesting stuff. Looking forward to it. Right. Well, yeah, let's let's round it off with a game of comment or commentariat.
3: Uh, The artistic portion of the evening.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually really gutted that I'm having to ask these because I really need to start racking up some points. Um, You know, if we're going to try and have who does the best at the end of the year i've got to appear on more episodes but sadly not to be this time so yes josh um you uh you know the basic rules here know what you're doing
2: i think you should recover them fair I, enough. i've heard heard it once but my memory is yeah not, not the best
0: okay so i have five well contributions let's say um that have We've dug up online, and they are either from a member of the commentariat, so somebody writing in, a, you know, an opinion column for a yep. proper newspaper website. They are the commentariat, yeah. Or it's a comment. So this is dug up somewhere online, um, responding to news. And okay, we have to guess. Well, you have it's to like guess. Like the Daily Mail comment section yeah 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 we source from all over so um all right yeah it, 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 well the point is that sometimes it's difficult sometimes it can be easy and sometimes you're horribly surprised in the worst possible ways about who has said what <laughs> so we can all guess uh which well which they are comment or commentariat um we've also got uh well oh i was gonna i was gonna make a joke about a points-based system of our own but uh, just... <laughs> no <laughs> yeah that's not a good thing okay so first one if the corbynite wing of labor could get over its forever war against tony blair and work on electability with the 99.9% of the electorate who don't give a rats about the purity of their socialist hereditary but would quite like a credible alternative to the brexitoid government then we might be getting somewhere is that comment
3: or commentariat?
1: I'm going to say commentariat.
3: Okay. I'm going to say. I'm going to say comment. Right. Yeah. All right. Comment I'm you. going
2: comment.
0: Okay. No. Any strong feelings about why? I
2: could have believed it came from the commentariat, um, apart from the use of rats. Yeah, that's what the that's, yeah, that, entire that's what basis me is me going well. on. Rats. Everything else was totally believable to have uh, come from any one of the commentary Yeah, uh,
0: yeah fair point. Brexitoid,
2: uh, particularly. <laughs> I think that's been
0: lifted. Yeah, that is a comment. Yes. Um, yeah, so anyone want to try and make a guess where? Guardian. Yeah,
3: I was going to say Guardian. Either Guardian or BBC.
1: BBC News, yeah.
3: It was The Guardian. Yeah, it's yeah. the use of hereditary is what's said to me that way <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes this is clearly the liberal contribution wing right <laughs> okay so well done Let's see uh yeah ben did you get that as well i think
3: yeah i said comment
0: yeah good nice and josh of course well done okay number two we should indeed apply super forecasting more systematically to government Like systematic opinion polling, it is an aid to decision makers and informed debate. It is ideologically neutral, unless you have a bias in favour of ignorance. This is all good. Thank you, Mr. Cummings. Now, is that comment or commentariat?
1: Comment.
3: I'm going to say commentariat because I don't believe anybody in the comment section will Talk about super forecasting, but I could be wrong.
1: Even on
2: an article about super forecasting. <laughs> I, 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 that was the thing. I was remembering these things coming up and I was trying to remember who had brought them up. Obviously, it was Dominic Cummings. I guess. Um, the thank you, Mr. Yeah, Cummings, I'm at going, the end
3: is sort of sending me the other way as well.
2: I'm going commentary yeah.
3: Okay. Ben?
2: oh you're leaning.
3: Rough. It's rough. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to say comment again
0: okay and it is commentary (laughs) at yeah i'm slightly surprised by who to be fair um anyone want to take any stabs
1: i mean yes but not at stabs at the (laughs) (laughs) commentary yeah uh
0: as soon as i said it, i thought that joke was coming in um but okay yeah no i always find you said you were surprised yeah. Can you tell us what publication it was? Okay, it was for the Independent.
3: Mm. Francis Wheatman.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't know the Independent's commentary enough.
1: Tony Blair. Let's
3: skip on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um it was Andrew Adonis.
3: That does not surprise me at all actually.
0: Well, I just don't think even in sarcasm he could ever say thank you Mr. Cummings. Uh, but I,
1: I'd- I'll be honest, when you said the first the first quote you gave us um, about how Tony Blair was great and all the electorate love him, and, you know, have always loved him, I thought that was Andrew Adonis.
0: <laughs> well, that, yeah, that was anonymous. It could have been him. Maybe he does spend his time commenting on The Guardian. So, He's got
1: fuck all else to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's never off Twitter. yeah. Right, true. Thinks he's thinks he's better than the rest of us shit pollsters just because he's a lord. He can fuck <laughs> off. I'll fight him in a car park. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. This is the one where we found Richard II. It's a classy car park, and I can do you too. Right. So, number three. Ugh, okay. Bit of a long one. Words we are not allowed to use anymore now include cultural Marxism. Suella Braverman, now the Attorney General, used them last year and was immediately oh, thought... upgraded by the organisation Hope Not Hate. Very right-wing people sometimes use it too, you see, so it must never be uttered by anyone else. Banning the use of the phrase cultural Marxism is about as culturally Marxist as it is possible to get. <laughs> but I don't suppose the cultural Marxists at Hope Not Hate Appreciate the irony.
1: <laughs> Is this Toby Young?
3: Because <laughs> it,
2: it sounds like Toby Young. I thought you were saying they'd ban the word Suella Braverman. I was like, <laughs> that seems like a weird choice.
3: As <laughs> um, <laughs> 100% commentary. I thought you
2: were about to do a list. Like, I think we were doing a
0: list. Yeah. Cultural
2: Marxism.
0: Suella yeah. Braverman. <laughs> and now the Attorney General. You can't say any
3: yeah. of
1: them. <laughs> I'm saying commentary at- um, and I, th- I definitely think it sounds like Toby Young's sort of commentary at the Spectator.
3: Yeah, it's it's Spectator-ish, maybe Quillette sort of thing. Yeah,
1: Calipers Monthly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, it, I mean, it sounded like it was trying to be incredibly smart. Um, I'm I'm going to be contrarian and go comment though. I think that this is someone getting mad about a commentator
0: getting mad. No, I'm afraid it is commentariat. Hey. Damn. Yeah, but it is Rod little in the Spectator. So,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Rod. It it, it definitely Rod Liddle, Toby Young. That that Brendan axis O'Neill. Of yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The axis of fuckwittery.
0: Podcast <laughs> favorites. <laughs> yeah
1: just yeah I mean that that whole asinine point of oh saying cultural Marxism is like a, a Nazi thing is cultural Marxism itself, mm, you didn't think of that, did you? It's a fuck
3: off Left failures yeah. every
1: day that passes where Rod little isn't kicked to death by wild dogs is just an affront to God, quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just absolutely fucking detest the man,
0: yeah, yeah, No, there's a a lot of scum and villainy, sadly. Right. Okay, so moving on to number four. When the Labour leadership race started, I honestly thought Nandi was the best of a bad bunch. After hearing some of her comments over the last few weeks, it has become obvious that she is just as unelectable as all the others. Labour needs massive change to win any election, but none of the candidates seem to be listening to anyone except their members and minority groups.
3: Is that not who they're supposed to be listening to? Them,
1: They're members and minority yeah. groups yeah why would they listen to huh. the members
3: or to minority groups
1: just baffling really isn't it i mean when they say minority groups they mean like you know women <laughs> they, they definitely don't mean actual minorities do they they just mean like anyone who isn't like you know a white dude who's racist as a hobby
3: <laughs> what about professional racists
1: that's going to be the, that's going to be the growth industry of our time i think in the next 5 years <laughs> but
0: well, yeah. Whether it's professional, amateur depends on whether it's a comment or a commentariat, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say comment.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think, I, yeah, comment.
2: I think it's a to- comment made by Tony Blair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not totally out of line for him. Um, but yes, I mean,
2: he came out today and said that the uh, the membership of the party need to be replaced.
0: Oh wow! He, a, he went full. That was a line. It went full but... Yeah. Bertrand Brecht or whatever it was. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's like, if, if the membership isn't replaced, the party will die. Like, don't know where he's planning on getting these replacements. from. That,
1: follows, that follows entirely that, doesn't it? If the, if the membership, if we don't bin the membership, the party will die. Having like 500,000 members is, is just a death knell.
2: I, for one, am in favour of open selections for members. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic idea. Right. Um, Yeah, so that was a comment from the BBC News.
3: Points all around.
0: Yeah. Okay, and here we are. Number five, final one. I thought that the Academy could not pit a foreign language film against a movie in English, but apparently I'm in the minority. As an older white woman, it now seems that it is absolutely prohibited to say anything about anything That doesn't conform with the prescribed mores of the politically correct majority. That was a leap.
1: I mean, (laughs) how did we get from the
2: academy to I'm not allowed to say anything anymore? Did, wait. Was she
1: the director of
2: the film that it was pitted against?
0: <laughs> just really sour grapes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I suspect this might be a comment, but I'm going to say commentariat just purely because if I if I say it's a comment and then you tell me it's like Suzanne Moore or some shit in the Guardian, I'm going to be furious. So I'm just going to cut out the middleman and assume it's a it, it's a commentariat.
0: So you you think something, but you know you're wrong immediately.
1: <laughs> Probably yeah. Uh, well, I hope I'm wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say commentary at Toby Young pretending to be a woman again
2: (laughs) I'm going to go with comment because it just it didn't follow in the most incredible way I think it was just I mean I know that's how a lot of the commentary end up writing but you'd think an editor would have gotten there somewhere
0: well you might think so but no this is commentary at
1: oh shit no
0: afraid so No, you're up against the pros here though Josh so don't feel too bad Um, So yeah, uh, any guesses on who and where?
3: I've already given my guess. I stand by it.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Anyone else want to have a go?
1: I mean, is it The Guardian? It is
0: not The Guardian. It's The Telegraph. It's Joan Collins, The Spectator.
1: Oh. Yeah. The fucking Spectator. Like, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, we didn't go from Spiked this time around. um, So the... The awfulness was limited, but yeah, still pretty bad.
2: Do you know what she was moaning about in that article? Sorry, I just can't get over the fact that she said this film was allowed to be in the finals at <laughs> the Oscars and I'm not allowed to say
1: anything anymore. I, I'm going to guess that she complained. I mean, I don't know if she's on Twitter or anything, but it, I'm going to guess she complained about like how can how can foreign film win Best Picture and everyone told her to shut the fuck up and now she's just mad.
2: There were definitely a lot of people complaining that they had to read the film. Yeah, yeah, they were very angry about. There that. There was a
1: lot of people incredibly furious about like the 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 fact that it was. They wouldn't have given a shit if it was if it was in English, but the fact that it was done, it, it can be a foreign, it can be as foreign a film as it likes. You know, I mean, like nineteen. As long as you
2: don't force them to read.
1: Yeah, nineteen seventeen was was up for the Oscar as well, and that's technically a foreign film, but somehow they don't have an issue with that one.
3: It's like those yeah. little sort of english pub villages in spain you know it's fine that they're in spain because everybody's english and speaks english
1: yeah
0: i was really disappointed that 1917 was not focusing on the russian side of things <laughs> but that's just me um i've actually googled uh the joan collins one i didn't have in front of me and yes she is complaining about the subtitles classic
1: yeah but is she is, is the whole thing prompted by her having said something about how ridiculous it was that a a foreign film won, and people telling her to stop being racist. Because that whole thing went, oh, it seems like you just can't say anything nowadays. Do you know what I mean? That That's a classic. I was told to shut. Do you know what I mean? Someone called me fart garfuckle on Twitter, and now I'm like <laughs> completely furious. Turns out you
2: can't say anything unless it's subtitled you nowadays. Just can't, you can't
1: say anything these days.
3: Jamie, was it you? D- did you call her that? <laughs>
1: I mean, quite possibly. I I get a lot done in in an average week.
3: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she
0: is just like genuinely complaining that it's a foreign film with subtitles, it looks like.
2: God. Yeah. Class. Hmm. Oh what Jane. a class
0: act. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay, well, yeah, that is uh the five um bits of comment or commentary for today. Uh thanks everyone for playing, Josh thank you so much for coming on telling us all about bristol transformed uh which is coming up in only two and a half weeks now um on the 7th and 8th of march so if you're in the southwest it's fairly easy to travel to um and it should be an excellent weekend
2: you can also uh if you can't make it then um we do put a lot of the stuff up on soundcloud um so you can find bristol transformed on soundcloud and there's a bunch of the the previous speakers that we've got on there also a couple of the organizers uh decided they were going to start a podcast um <gasps> which i mean i'll let you all decide how how well that went but they uh they got onto all sorts of topics the credit crunch led into polyamory somehow so it's a wild ride so
0: so all kinds of ups and downs
2: yeah or you or you can listen to like you know the intelligent conversations of various of our guests
0: yeah awesome okay well yeah um thanks everyone um thank you for listening josh again thanks for being on and uh yeah that is a wrap